Previously on Here Comes the Backlash. Well, I was like meant to talk to these people. Like we were, we were, we're on the flights. We're from Lost, the TV show that I'm obsessed with um, recently again, because I, I, I guess I'm on it. Like I feel like we are on that flight and we're on the island and we are like, we. it is a good metaphor because the island is what we felt like in a lot of ways. I feel like, uh, we, I don't know. Confusing not illogical environment that we're all like randomly thrust into <laughs> with lots of backstory especially uh-huh. when i'm involved Boston, the band Boston. Uh, are, are they <laughs> from Boston? I have like a notorious thing for like I really hate Aerosmith a lot. Like I, I don't like Aerosmith, and like everybody loves them, especially if you're from Boston or you know, Massachusetts. It's like something where like people love it. I'm going, I can't stand it. And the only song I ever hear of them anymore is "Dude Looks Like a Lady" on the radio, like every day. And it's like the weirdest song ever, and it's horrible and. Yeah. No, he had that song. I feel like it was about like kind of fucking his daughter a little bit. It was in the um the Comet movie, Armageddon. I, I don't know why she was in the movie and the music video, and it just like I forget what it's called now. It was a really wow. cheesy ballad. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but I, it's so bland that it's like falling off of my brain. Like I it was not a good song. It was not a good no. song. You're right. They are overrated, and it's like wait, Aerosmith Comet movie song. I will I will <laughs> preface this though. I will say though that there was a, a, a magical moment when I was a, a kid where there were these two Aerosmith videos that had his daughter, Liv Tyler, and Alicia Crying was one of them. Crazy, I think was the Crazy. other one. They were like yeah. really similar, right? <laughs> they were like in like the nineties and they had but they both had his daughter in them too, also. Yeah, no, totally. And they were sexual, I feel like. Oh, my God, you're totally right. I, I, I like grew up on MTV. I'm, I'm very familiar with those videos. I've forgotten about them a little bit. Those songs are overrated also. They're, they're the same song, basically. <laughs> like, crying, crazy. I, I, I don't know. I like the one about the gun. Janie's got a gun. Is that about a school shooting? We actually, this came up um, in conversation randomly. My wife isn't originally from this country, so there's a lot of um, cultural things that she doesn't really understand that she didn't grow up with. So I have to explain her because there was a shooting in Maine recently, um, and we started talking about shootings, and I said, oh, well, it all started with Columbine. She's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, there was this these kids that shot a bunch of kids in school, and like, I don't think it had ever really happened before, and I wasn't allowed to wear a trench coat to school or... Marilyn Manson t-shirt or <laughs> dye my hair black. Like they have like all these rules after Columbine and Columbine is why schools have like 
they're completely built differently now. No, you're totally right. They do the buildings and the psychological kind of architecture of schools in general. I feel like they were already kind of prisons in a way, but there's yeah. definitely like a more of a institutionalization of schools, of the faculty. It's all become much more like prison-like. Um, wait, let me pause because I uh, will get really carried away and forget to introduce my guest, which happens. It doesn't happen actually that often. Well, it happens. Um, this evening, I'm joined by... A mysterious and enigmatic man, I will say, somewhat from from the Twitter sphere, the X sphere, I guess we're calling it these days. I don't know. I feel like he's there's like a cultural elitism, like a whiff of something sophisticated from this Twitter user who is joining me this evening. He chimes in here and there. I find his tweets amusing and interesting. He has a, I would say a dark charm. I don't know if it's maybe the John Ham or whatever his name is, Avatar or what it is, but there is a strange and mysterious boardroom allure to this guest who we are joined by this evening. I would like to welcome to the show, Twitter user, I guess I should say ex-user, Faustian Tulpa. Dusty, welcome to Here Comes the Backlash. It's cool to hear other people's perspectives on how, how they view you. It's strange and confusing, right? We have these weird impressions of everybody. There's a lot of projection, what I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, I come from like an old, just like, kind of like anonymous shit online thing where like you didn't put your real identity on the internet. I just kind of am able to just uh, express, you know, whatever is on my mind and not really worry about anything. So like sometimes I say like, it's happy stuff, it's sad stuff, it's whatever happening it's it's doesn't have to make any sense it just comes from all over so it's kind of like just a stream of consciousness for me i could dig it i feel you on the anonymous nature of the internet like yeah i'm because a 90s kid i grew up i'm I'm very very old uh dusty you should just you should know like five thousand years old but i did have a recent youth in the 90s and i remember not i had screen names you know i had like aol screen names i had weird you know yahoo email addresses or whatever i resented like being asked to put my government name into like a facebook and i actually didn't i was one of those weirdos that didn't have like their legal name like a weird name on facebook for a long time uh, until i was i basically socially bullied into putting my government name um actually i wanted to ask you though I, this is important i don't want to forget Fausti and tulpa can you would you be willing to unpack a little bit of your handle because it's i was a little i was a little i'm not gonna lie i was a little afraid to invite you on because it's a, it's an infernal uh handle um, yeah, i'll say so, so it, it's a really kind of um yeah, heavy connotations um, that people can interpret like a lot of different ways. So, um, I guess like first the um, Bastian part, you know, like um, I'm going more of like um, I'm not going to even kind of claim to have um, read Spengler, but like I'm talking more in like Bastian spirit opposed to like Bastian bargain and. The Tulpa part being like, uh, honestly, I'm a, I was a huge Twin Peaks fan, um, and I just it was like my one of my most favorite shows ever. And we um, there's a, a reference of Tulpas, and I made did a little research of like you know, uh, you know a a, a spirit duplicate. It, it's a really good metaphor for like an online presence. Like a Tulpa mm-hmm. is like it's mm-hmm. like a I'm like, it's like a digital copy. So like a a you know a faustian tulpa like a, a real like you know 
free open spirit copy of myself that you know is a little less bound by uh you know reality and in society you know and everything it's like a completely separate you know animal when you're dealing with like you know the internet versus you know in real meat space you know that kind of stuff totally no that's it's slightly less scary i guess i'll say uh, when you unpacked it i don't know you can really get out of the bargain part of the Faustian piece, but I feel you on the Faustian spirit. I, I will ride with it. I, I like it. It's cool. I I did not think of a tulpa uh, as, I guess I had, yeah, it's like your online avatar. It does, it, there's a total perfect correlation there. You're you're totally right. And I I love the Twin Peaks reference. It's very adjacent, I feel like, to what we'll, we'll be discussing. Wait, is, is John Hamm your tulpa? Do you talk to John Hamm uh, internally ever? Have you seen any, like, madmen type figures in your real life manifest um, no the the, the um, don draper is just random it's just like i i i had a, a previous kind of thing that i was doing and then i um kind of had like uh i don't know an episode um and i changed my profile and like um erased like all my tweets and did like a hard restart um for no i mean i still had all my the same you know people you know friends and everything but i just uh and i i just ended up randomly picking a, a don draper picture to put on there for some reason it was like pure just um gut reflex i guess i mean yeah we all go through like ep- episodes i do about seven a week or personally so i guess yeah i totally relate to that it was a good choice or i don't even know i think it shows you i'm very much a believer now that like uh, we were pre we were preordained or selected by our uh our internet personas to to bring them forward i'm a little bit scared in fact it's really funny that i've had like there was this one random person online that was always commenting about me about tulpa and how it was like evil and like demonic and they were convinced i was like um a woman and i and they, they were convinced I, w- I was a woman so it was i feel like i remember this i feel like yes i yes i really remember someone trying to put in my head that you were a woman for some reason and all of yeah, a sudden it, it sounds familiar <laughs> well my old my old um profile had like you know like it was like this originally i had like this like sto- the stoner meme guy with like the stupid face you know and then yes. i i I put some like sunglasses over them, like Photoshop some sunglasses on them. And then eventually I like did a thing where like I did a upload a a picture to turn it into like a cartoon, you know? And so I uploaded this picture of this guy with fake sunglasses on and it turned it into like a cartoon of like this, like cartoon lady with sunglasses Mm. and like the same. And then that was my picture for a really long time. So I had this like, you know, cartoon lady face on my profile. And um, yeah, a lot of people thought I was, um, it was a lot of people thought I was a girl. Um, Yeah, for sure. I remember this now. I do remember, I can't quite picture it even. It's so surreal, but you describing it, I can, it's evocative. Uh, I didn't know where it was sourced from. I think, uh, I think maybe if anything, I would think it was like a gay guy's avatar or like some twink because that's like a common, uh, a common misconception as well as if there's like some kind of, she looked like a diva or some kind of, I don't know. There was some kind of uh, fabulosity quality to that picture. And now it explains it. It was like, uh surreal or real or real yeah. 
fascinating fascinating i love to like learn little uh stories of the ephemera of our internet lives so that is really interesting um have you ever heard of like the show like reply all before it was it's a kind of famous podcast it was i think it's npr but it's like npr adjacent i i don't think i've ever listened to it but yeah I've, but I, the it sucks don't worry it, it used to be good and then they like got really woke and it like literally imploded it's actually a really fascinating story but they did an episode on tulpa mansers which are like I guess it's a culture of, it's very Reddit, it's very autistically Reddit people who like have like quote unquote tulpas, which to me, it sounds like the trans equivalent almost of like a imaginary friend. Like they have something, but then they like become those people. It, and it's a little bit adjacent to the like multiple personality disorder um, like meme. Spirit. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So that they become yeah. these other people. And then it was like really uncomfortable that they like, when the other tulpas like take over, like they have to have these like relationships with the other tulpas. It was very fucking. It's like, very, missed... um, yeah, it's very Reddit. Um, I disavow. <laughs> I disavow. Any, yes. Uh... No, we want to make that clear in case anyone is making some kind of implication. The, co- the concept goes way beyond the reply all episode, which was good though. It's, I recommend <laughs> listen to that one. It was a good one. <laughs> um, Dusty, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to go on an NPR tangent. It's not please, no, please. Like, are you a commuter? Actually, do you? Because like, I listen to I NPR a, a lot. When I, yeah, that's the hats how they get you. And, and but like, no, I I was actually came from like a more of a talk radio side. I listened to talk radio, mm. but there was a point where like, you know, something was like on, and I was like, I don't like this guy, so I turn it on. You get NPR, and you're like, oh, who is this? Like, it sounds like really indie. Like some guy's doing it in his room, and. The, you know, no one really knows how to do audio engineering right, and there's like weird music being played. But then, yeah, over time, it just like it's just like a propaganda now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like state media, and it's um, I don't know, but it's like incompetent. It's incompetently run, is what I feel like, and it's like in like this charming, like oh shucks kind of way, like give us money. Um, yeah, you're completely right. You could be describing this program in some ways when you're describing its uh, incompetence <laughs> and low fidelity, but at the same time, it's embarrassing that I out NPR NPR regularly. Are you kidding? They're totally inc- incompetent. It's not even the half of it. They're infuriating. I actually have the one to ask you. You listen to talk radio. I am curious just because there used to be really good talk radio when I was growing up, like in the Bay Area, we had like local like talk radio station called KGO. It's still here. It sucks now. But it was this big like local call in radio programming. What do you listen to? What's going on out there? So, w- originally, what first got me was Rush Limbaugh. But then there was um that was at what like kind of more in like the um morning lunchtime kind of thing. It wasn't really mm-hmm. like... It wasn't the commute home listen. So in in the Boston area, there's a guy called Howie Carr. Um, and Howie Carr was the man. He's getting kind of old um, <laughs> like everybody is, but he was pretty much like the man of talk radio in in Boston. Like that comes to mind to me. And like he had the the afternoon, like evening, would always listen to it. And it, he would like had classic takes where he would go take on he used to make fun of like the mayor of Boston for like, you know, 15 years and <laughs> just, just ripping on him and making fun of his voice. And just, and he, he used to do these great things where he would read like the court reports and it would, it was all always like people with um getting arrested for driving without a license and these like 
weird crimes that were like kind of code words for someone that was <laughs> like illegally here when they all had like certain ethnicity sounding names and would just like make fun of it on the radio and i was always amazed i'm like wow he's being like very edgy was, like a shock jock <laughs> yeah like but it was like in in massachusetts like it just it always blew me away because he was like you know a lot of people would you know, hate him you know i think he's horrible and he's like a big trump guy and mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. No, so it's I love it though. Well, do what's sad is there's not like that um, local flavor as much anywhere. We're all being like poisoned. I feel like with this like Cosmo like Zog Slop kind of society where everything's just like plastic and the same everywhere. It's all the same fucking craft beer, like whatever you know. Uh, all of this monoculture or whatever. But like there used to be like in addition to many other things like local like radio personalities, and it was like very distinct. I don't know. I, I, I miss that. You know. I can only imagine what it was like in like the West Coast. You know. Yeah, that's gotta be well it's funny you mentioned brush rush, rush yeah. limbo i used to watch i watched him he for some reason he came on saturday mornings after cartoons when i was like i used to watch rush limbo and i was like in middle school it was not probably i was listening to like howard stern and watching rush limbo it was a very like probably not a great influence um but michael savage is from the bay area uh and he was like hated like he was he made some joke about aids in like 2004 or 5 and it was like in local news it was huge for like weeks um but i remember i I listened to him the first time, probably in like 2006 or so. And like the first time I tuned in, he was talking about like penguins at the San Francisco Zoo and how it was just like, you can learn so much about society from these like gentle penguins. It was like this sweet little monologue. And I was like, wow. It was one of the first experiences of like, well, the media says this guy is like Hitler. He's so horrible. And then you tune in and it's like, yeah, he was a shock jock, but like he was a smart guy. He is a smart guy. He's funny. I, I still tune into to Michael Savage and Savage nation but you know that that experience of just feeling like that complete whiplash of like hearing about somebody and then like actually like finding out who they are you know yeah rush limbo was the same thing where it, it was totally you just he's the devil he's just saying all these horrible things and then you listen to the show and he's talking about like the stupidest shit you know like they have to talk for like you know three four hours you know it can't always be all this like shock jock crazy controversial a lot of the time it's just completely normal sensical sounding things i love it i could yeah i just i miss radio i feel like radio is not as uh strong but i guess uh yeah it sucks we should get a radio station dusty i think i the fcc license bullshit pisses me off so much because it's radio waves are out there in the air like who, who is the government the fcc of all people to tell me i can't like I have a radio station radio. exactly the way to go i'm telling you it's like you can just use the airwaves there's no there's nothing stopping you except like a rule in a book somewhere saying you're not allowed to but like you totally can just do it like like it's easy you know yeah there's a probably a few other steps missing in like my personal case in terms of like broadcast knowledge of like radio transmitter where do i get one that kind of stuff but you are right in spirit and i feel like I have a like kit, you know, for earthquakes or whatever, alien invasion. And it's got the like little like crank radio on it. You know, it's got like a little flashlight, like kind of hand powered uh, electric battery thing, you know, that you can kind of self-generate. And so the radio kind of works on that. I'm thinking like I start a radio station during the apocalypse, like just play some, some oldies or whatever. You know, somebody's going to do it because radios are still going to work. You'll have batteries for a while, you know, you'll be able to power things and, 
it's like the, the simplest technology, like radio waves. I mean, come on, like that's gonna be pretty. I think the trouble is like range, probably, and like you know, but if you were like in a a, a densely populated city, you could hit a lot of people. You know. Yeah, we just had a huge earthquake. Uh, that's not huge. I shouldn't say that. We just had an earthquake. That see, while we were while you were speaking, I like uh, goosebumps because really? like yeah, it was pretty big. Like, I haven't uh, felt one. I mean, I'm not going to say it was huge. I mean, I guess about five. I mean, but it, it, it was a good shaker for a second. So I got slightly distracted there. This is a, a wild, uh, wild evening. I have a whole theory about earthquakes that like when they happen, it releases like, I don't know. I'm going to say like an electromagnetic kind of thing. I don't believe geologists are right about earthquakes, by the way. I think they are like only half right about what causes them. And I think there's like a, uh, I don't know, like a almost solar dynamic aspect to them. I don't know. Do you, do you know anything about geology? Well, what they, the way they say earthquakes are because, like, the plates rub up against each other. But, like, but, yeah, I get it. Like, it could be something where it's, like, when you find out that, like, lightning actually comes from the ground. But, like, it, it probably works the exact opposite of the way we think it does and has, like, nothing to do with the ground at all. You're right. that is a, that is a thank you. That was perfectly stated, I feel like. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Just give me one second. An earthquake, so I don't, I don't know. You've never been. Oh, that's probably very true. We, I was gonna say we don't have hurricanes on the west coast, but we, we actually definitely have had one. I guess recently, but like you know what I mean. We don't have the same. I guess kind of like calamities. I, I was in the hold something else. Aren't they called like? tsunamis there, or typhoons. oh yeah there's yeah there's the tsunamis like the tidal wave but those are caused by earthquakes actually a lot too but there is whatever tropicals i don't know what they're called there was i was in a haboob like recently maybe. have you heard of a haboob what a haboob no it's like a desert um sandstorm <laughs> which i guess it comes from like moroccan or something that's the original uh term haboob but it happened when i was in like palm springs uh we were there at my free, former guest the lady k's condo staying in palm springs and it was like uh there was all of a sudden like the sky got dark and there was a sandstorm it was pretty crazy actually it was like five minutes of like or maybe 20 minutes of like just kind of dark weird it was like fog almost but it was sand and then it kind of just like ended it just was sweeping through from uh apparently from yucca or yucca whatever from arizona it comes sweeping through i don't know have you ever been in a sandstorm no um i've been in <laughs> deserts a whole bunch but i've never seen anything like that um every time i've been in the desert the weather's been like amazing like perfect um so no nothing like it it's got to be, you see how weather reacts over like the ocean but when you have like a huge amount, like a huge amount of sand, like, ooh. Sounds, sounds yeah, it was very confusing to me too. But we were watching the news. That's what they refer to it as uh, local news. They're like, everyone stay in your homes and like don't drive right now. Uh, there's a haboob. It, it's a funny word. And they spell it that way too. It's H A B O O B. It's very, it was funny to see that on TV. Um, are you a flat earther uh, by any chance? Just no, not per se, but I'm not. Um, I think that's reductive, I guess. I, mm -hmm. I have some, I have some personal philosophies about like space and stuff, but I'm not really, the earth doesn't really, I, I don't know. I'm not, doesn't, strike me as mattering really um if it's flat or if it's round i wouldn't be surprised either way um i think i've been indoctrinated to probably believe it's round um 
it seems like it's probably round. I, I also think that like space isn't real. So I don't know. It's... Interesting. Okay. This will be interesting. I hope you can unpack that slightly because I feel like it's relevant to what we're going to talk about here. Uh, like it, I feel like it is like your, your view of the construct of the cosmos is important to how you analyze uh, the program lost. I think that we're going to discuss in a little bit here. What's, what's up with space? What do you think is that what's going on like, up, in, well, uh, well, up so there? Like, <laughs> I think that it, I kind of think that it's like we're like in like a realm, you know, like I really think like this place we're in is, is, a, is, is this place. I, I, and I think when people go to space, I think it's like a out of body experience or like a hallucination or, um, you know, maybe a vast, maybe there's a little bit of like emptiness, but it's like, I don't think there's like any. I don't know. I, I just. I'm. I'm not. I don't subscribe to the narrative. I guess. Like. Do you I, think? I just, yeah. That's fair. Do you think there's a ceiling? Like, what do you think? What? <laughs> or, no, I'm sorry. Like a firmament. Like, do you think there's like a? What's the limits? I guess of the physicality. Um. I don't know if the it, limitless maybe, but like I. I don't think. That, I think it's like the idea of like, oh well, it has to end somewhere if it's not forever but i'm just saying like it is what it is like this i know we can the sky is like so high but it's so big the world is just so big and we're so tiny and um i don't know i just feel that i feel very tiny and and i i think it could be you know pretty big um i heard this story about like william shatner went to space and you know the guy you know in where no man has gone before. And he said it was absolutely horrifying. And he said it was like a mistake and that he shouldn't have done it. And like, that's how I feel about <laughs> like space. Like, I just, I don't want to go to space. I like, don't think we're supposed to go up there. I, I just, um, I mean, there's probably something out there, but like, I just don't even, I don't need to explore it. I don't need to know. I'm, I think it's like funny going on here. Um, <laughs> there is a lot going on. There is a lot going on. I think that's a fair, that's totally fair. There, I think there it must be something, there's something definitely going on. I think I feel you though. It sounds like you're, you're not really prescriptive, but you're not really like buying the mainstream narrative about like space, maybe even the planet shape to a degree, I guess. It sounds like they're both somewhat irrelevant to you, which I, I like that. It's kind of like you're space agnostic, which I think that's <laughs> actually a good position to hold, honestly. Uh, but I do feel like there, something's going on up there. And I feel like that's, uh, I don't know, it's related to what goes on here for sure. I, I'm very much convinced of that. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot to, you know, unpack and process and. It, it is, it is, it is. But I feel like, okay, this show Lost, we, we want to talk about it. It's related to this though, in the sense that it's, I don't, I don't feel like Lost is, it's not flat earth per se, I guess. I'm not going to say Lost is a flat earth television program. It's flat earth adjacent though, I feel like, cause it's, I know it's offering other possibilities, really right? It is. Yeah. It's special. It's extra physical. It's beyond our physical realm in a sense, it, in some it's senses. time almost. Like, right. You know, it, it's it like, it's almost like it's um, like a, a linchpin through like many different things. So it, it's like everything is constantly changing except that island or, you know, the island is, you know, moving all the time or something like that. But it's a very... Um, 
it's not normal. And it also, I think, um, to really follow Lost like the whole way through, you're like, you know, taking some pills and like, you have to like let go of some misconceptions or you're not going to make it like much like subscribing, like going into like a flat earth type thing, but it would be like to get the whole way through it. it, it it's hard to do because it might fall off at some point, you know, you're like, this isn't for me. It's like, you know, people with theories of, of the world. No, a hundred. That's perfectly aligning with what, what I'm thinking too. Like my uh, idea of loss is that it's very much a representative of like the rabbit hole kind of in a lot of ways, you know, like how you can get lost. You can get lost like literally, you know, in like in the details and the adventure of life and stuff. And I think you're totally right. I think everything you just said, uh, you've nailed it. My thought too about the island, I guess that you're right. It's special. And I'll have you explain this in a second, but uh, my reference was that the heavens whatever is going on up there it has like this effect on our world is kind of my belief and the islands uh so too did have this kind of strange correspondence i guess with the, the planet with the world somehow or, or so we're led to believe so to me like in a lot of ways like the island it was like eternal and kind of like representative of some kind of like beyond world or something you know it's it's hard to almost quantify the source of like you know, the source of the light inside of everybody, like the inspirational fire of like humanity is like fostered on that. And also some evil stuff too. lost on this program a lot and i think you were telling me you reached out uh i think you said you heard heard about my like lost obsession i feel like is a little bit strong like i do i do i do like lost i i do i guess i'll even say i love lost i have a lot of uh sentimental feelings towards the show in a lot of ways you know and i do think it's representative of like twitter internet type friends especially of the last uh year or two like we're just kind of like it's a show about kind of um interconnectedness but it's also about kind of chance encounters and people brought together by by fate to confront good and uh evil and then great great battles of of such nature i know it's a pretty wild notion but i think it's adaptable to our present moment um but not everyone's seen the show what what is lost dusty okay so in like the easiest sense, like it was this uh, TV show came out in like the early two thousands. Um, I'd say it was really why over in like you know in a overview sense, it was it was very successful. It was a big successful show on like mainstream, yeah, ABC. Um, you know, prime time for like the first three seasons, it was probably like the biggest show ever. It was really, really big. Um, it was about um, people crash landing on an island um, and then surviving on it. And that that was the initial hook for it. It had like this really big pilot that was, it was crazy. The show 
it, it was almost you said like a rabbit hole and like in my brain i was thinking it's almost like a like a reverse rabbit hole where like it starts off so small you're in this you're on an island the plane crashes on the island and then there's you know introducing of like other people on the island and then it just kind of keeps zooming out and like getting bigger and bigger and then they it's not all about the there, there's a whole story about really it's about i think about people and just their journeys their connections and it reminds me a lot of twitter in that sense too where you're just making connections with people but it, it's definitely um a character driven show where yes the the easiest sense that i i really think that it for the time that it came out in you know it came out you know in the early 2000s like i said it was really popular on the show on the networks with everybody and as it kept going, it increasingly got like more and more complicated. You had to see like every episode. You couldn't binge it because it was on TV and it was really complicated. And it, if you stuck through it and watched it, it was, uh, I think, amazing. Almost everybody that I know stopped watching it at some point. Very few people like that I know made it to the end. Um, a lot of people just fell off like, oh, there's time travel. Oh, I'm done. Or something supernatural i don't know how granular we want to get like in terms of like plot in case anyone actually wants to watch it but like you know the idea of you know it being on this island you learn a lot about the island itself and the show kind of becomes this bigger story that the island is really a character like kind of in the show and I think that's the best way to it's a character show but one of the characters is the island for sure Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's so well put. Perfect. And I think we'll we'll touch on some of the like I guess probably bigger plot points as we talk about the show because you're right. I think you you nailed it so perfectly. It's uh, like complexity. It's, it is really hard to kind of like capture. But you... it was the first show. It was the first show that was like the that people um, were like conspiring online together about what it was about and like. It was the first show that like had this deep enough story that just, you know, kept going and it just had so many twists and turns. And mm-hmm. so, it, you know, it was really um, unusual for like what was on TV. Like I, I, I think about like the other shows that were like on the same channels and or other things that were on TV. It's so commonplace now because of prestige TV and streaming and there's so many options, but like, it was so ahead of its time and it really i i think kind of holds up pretty well i think i think so too uh it's definitely yeah ahead of its time i'm thinking you mentioned twin peaks earlier i feel like that's another show that's in this kind of same vein but didn't make it very not as long as law certainly uh where it has kind of this you know undercurrent or kind of a mystery it's like a mystery show kind of in a way yeah uh, the character is like the mystery the island character is this mystery uh figure that they're all kind of like is being revealed slowly i guess over over time um I, and i think that's, that's super perfectly well said um in so many ways and you're right the, there's you're right it is singular it is kind of like a lot of ways like the more complex shows we have now from like now Netflix or, or streaming shows, uh, TV has gotten more sophisticated in some ways, I guess, or streaming or whatever it is like on, on the tube um, that they are watching these days. I, I don't actually watch a lot of TV anymore, but I think that I, I kind of like the structure of things like Lost because you could only watch it once per week. I think that's a great yeah. uh, point. You know, like I, you only have like the patience to absorb so much of it, you know? 
you had a week to like literally think about the episode and like what could possibly happen in the next episode. It was, it was great. Like I would literally spend like one of my best friends and I would walk, you know, would talk about it and we would just, Oh, well, you know, you know, Desmond did last that episode, you know, Oh, I don't know, man. You know, who knows what's going to happen with, you know, the, the island disappeared, you know, like, what are you going to, you know, like in between seasons was even, worse because you had just a whole long time and so it wasn't just a week and they weren't coming out as fast as they are now for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no totally i remember i watched like most of the seasons i'm gonna say like, like three through i think the last one six uh, like with my friends like i watched uh i went to my friend's house every week we would like make dinner and watch lost it was like you know literally like that appointment television <laughs> like kind of idea there were i think there were dvrs then i guess we could have uh done that but there was not really this idea of like structuring tv around your own schedule you, you kind of I have a bunch of i have a bunch of the fourth season dvr'd on tivo nice i have tivo and i and i through like some you know means of like you know i i still have the tivo box um i never gave it back um i paid i think a fine or something I can't hook it up to the internet because if I do, it will erase everything on it. But I have everything that I recorded on this one TiVo box. And I have like a whole bunch of like the fourth season uh, with commercials, everything. Um, TiVo had such elegant, it was like the best design. Like I did love TiVo's like remote and interface was so good. And it was really sad when TiVo just got like um, (laughs) TiVo'd out. Like it was really a a huge disappointment. I I loved TiVo. (laughs) Yeah, they they really just, you know, sometimes like the uh, established industry will just like, just go, oh no, we're going to take that now. And just like duplicate whatever's, you know, going on. They just got wiped, wiped out, you know? Yeah. You should, yeah. You got your, you got your TiVo. It's very like, it's, it's cool again. I guess you know, it's coming back around. You can rip that uh, file and put it on your ThinkPad. I feel like or something, and fire up your BlackBerry and watch some uh, old lost episodes. I feel like every once in a while, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll bust it out and like hook it up and find something on there that like was good. I think I had some like Ch- maybe Chappelle show. Um, you know, there was some good. Um, there was some, you know, all right TV. I don't really watch TV at all anymore. Um, <laughs> like the mo- maybe some cartoons with my kids, like once in a while, and that's about like it. Um, I like don't really get to see anything anymore. But when I was, you know, when Lost was out, that was for sure. Like, like you said, it was appointment TV. Yeah, I don't really remember what else there was. I feel like there was a show called Heroes that was out around that time that was kind of the same. I think it was right after Lost, actually. They were trying to capture that same kind of, like, uh, audience. Um, but you're right. People did fade off from Lost. I I faded and boomerang back. I watched the first season and just, like, stopped for some reason and then got back into it in the third season when I started watching with my friends backfilled the, the second season. I did binge it on, like, DVDs, like, from, That's like, what Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> Well, what happened with me was I, I watched it. I randomly saw an episode in the third season and I was like intrigued by it. It was like, I'm like Jack and Sawyer and Kate are in the cages. And it was like you, the, the others and they, they use these words. And I was like, what is this show? Like, this is wild shit. Like what the fuck is going on? And like, I, I remember going out and buying like the first season on DVD and yeah, I, I did 
kind of binge through the first season pretty hard. It was like television and then it would go on DVD. But like when that, I watched everything. So I watched the first two seasons and then I had to wait for the third season to come out on DVD because I didn't want to jump into it and miss because I finished the first two seasons and I'm going, okay, I know what happens here. And the first thing in the third season I saw was like a little far into it. I didn't want to like miss anything by watching the end of the third season. So I remember waiting for the third season to come out on DVD, watching it. And then it was the fourth, fifth and sixth season that I watched live on TV, which was also my whole theory with it is that, you know, there is to a certain extent, like the thing that was important about lost is these first three seasons were like 20 something episodes, like 23, 22 episodes, um, these long seasons <laughs> that shows don't do anymore. And then there was a writer's strike. Um, and the fourth season was really short, mm-hmm. like 12, 14 episodes, maybe 16. It was noticeably shorter. Um, and the fifth and the sixth seasons were also shorter and it, it almost was like the it lived long enough during that time where like you literally saw TV changing from these longer, more expensive productions that had lots of episodes to um, shorter seasons. And now you're you're now what you get is like 10, 10 episodes. Maybe it's one season. Maybe there'll be a second season, but a lot of the time it will have nothing to do with the first season. So it's like a different Mm -hmm. kind of structure where like they've really gone down to like, they're making like a, something that's in between a serialized television show and like a movie where it's just like a really long movie, but it's not quite long enough to be like a serialized television show. So yeah, it has, it's been optimized. It's been streamlined and you kind of saw that happening like through Lost, like while Lost was on. It didn't go on long enough to get down to like a a 10-episode season or an 8-episode season, but I think, you know, it, it was definitely the indicators were there, you know, for it to happen. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're totally right. It spanned the old, like, old TV to, like, new TV, kind of, or the, the modern kind of streaming, the Obama-induced hypermatrix nightmare that we're all still living in, or whatever. Um, it, you're totally right. No, it was, like, that old world TV of, like, long seasons. I feel like BBC, like, had this kind of model that we all kind of know now, which is, like, short, limited seasons. Like, you're right, totally vary from, like, like kind of season to season. So they're almost like their own, like, franchises, almost each, uh, each season. I mean, it's kind of, like, White Lotus is doing that right now, and that's pretty good, though. I'm like, I'm not necessarily complaining, but like, it's, um, I'm a sucker for like a really long TV show. Soap operas are can be a little bit much, but like, I started watching, um, I, I, at one point I was like on vacation and I I started watching uh, some soap opera from like the very beginning that was like 40 years ago, probably. And like, for shows, like, on for that long i remember wanting lost to just go on forever i was like i I didn't want it to end i was like just keep just keep making it like you don't really need to end it you can just you know no seriously they did not need to end that's totally true the ending is i feel like irrelevant kind of to to the show no you're right wait what soap opera were you watching i'm I'm curious Uh, oh it it was um bold and the beautiful Um, oh okay okay yeah it was i'm familiar not one i watched but yeah it was what I watched. I remember, like, um, it, I remember 
when I was a kid, I remember um, Guiding Light, Bold and the Beautiful. Um, what's the other one? I think As the World Turns was like, I think those are all like turns. CBS. Uh, those are all CBS soaps, I feel like. I re- well, I remember like we didn't have like, I, I, I'm old enough. I remember like not having cable and having antenna. I had like four channels, um, maybe, maybe four channels or three um when i was like a, a a little kid and i remember like that was you know what the tv i watched was the tv that my family was watching my parents or my grandparents and that was like pretty much it and then at some point like something flipped and like i, I had access it was when we got cable and watched more than a little you know a little bit of tv I feel like, uh, yeah, and I met, like, yeah, CBS had, had their, like, their kind of cluster of shows. I like, feel like they're kind of the flagship uh, soap operas, like, Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, and then there was, like, ABC had their, like, little cluster and, and NBC. And I think uh, this show, and I mentioned the soap operas, too, because it is it is a soap opera. Like, I think Lost is a soap opera in a lot of ways, because it becomes about, like, just this messy, messy story. Um, and, yeah, and as Dusty alluded to, it's like, you know, there's this plane crash, there's these people, there all on this island they all have lives of course before the plane and, and they don't mostly don't know each other there's a few like there's the a couple instances where they they have uh family relations or whatever but for the most part they're all strangers the show's constantly for the first few seasons flashing back to their lives like before yeah. the plane crash right so it's yeah. a lot of the show there were episodes in fact you mentioned these long seasons there were there were episodes i remember where they were like i was like short on budget or something because they would just be mostly <laughs> they're like mostly flashback episodes where there was little island and those were like the worst ones for me always because it was like no i want to know i want to know what's going on with the island you know but there was a lot of elements of the the story bringing all these people to life and it's very like maybe 90s in a way or like quentin tarantino-esque almost where you kind of play with like narrative structure Uh, lost is doing a lot of this kind of like flashing back um and then later on doing a more more kind of cut up with uh cut ups with the narrative um and kind of like referential there's like this universe and you start to understand not just these characters have lies but they were kind of connected to each other in unknown ways before as well which i thought was like fascinating um and then yeah leading up to season four that's the season that they do the flash forwards the short season right that's the yeah that's where the flash forwards kind of start because the way yeah the way like they you know you, you're you have these people like crash on an island and you don't really know a- anything about them and those flashbacks where you're like learning their kind of their stories you know and their history and why how what they were doing before they came to the island and how their lives are not great a lot of the time are problematic in some sense but yeah it it enabled you to kind of like tell two stories really really easily and when they started doing the flash forwards um to the other things it and and it, it was jarring the very first one because nobody knew it was flash forward and um did you know it was a flash forward when you saw it no i actually when you said that, i just recalled yes i don't think you realized till the very end of the episode that they are not flash or there's a point where you start to gradually realize that they're not flashing back any longer yeah it was the last the last episode of the third season was the um the one where like okay okay yes okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you think it's before jack goes to the island that's right and then he's all like, we have to go back to the yes, island. That's right. Like, that's right. We have to go back, Kate. Okay? 
We have to go back! Like, what? Like, and that was... I was such a sucker for that. That's the greatest moment. Like I, that I can't believe that's not the top moment. Like they watched these like clips shows on YouTube of top loss moments. That was, it was not the number one ever. And I was like, come on, that is I quote that like regularly. I don't know why it's yeah. so relevant to my life, but we have to go back. With, I don't know because they somehow we you learn that they've uh, they've been able to. Some of them have managed to get off of the island at one point. It was dramatic as fuck too. Oh my god, I it was a lot. It was high drama show. Well, like, think about it, too, is, like, the whole, um, you know, conspiracy theory about, like, what really happened with the airplane, because they obviously lied about, you know, the plane crash and everything, but then lost, they're like, oh, you got in a plane crash, you say, oh, people died, like, but they were kind of like, I remember there was, like, this almost, like, sassiness in season four where like the people they're what are you, what are you hiding there's something going on you know and totally totally yeah because they've uh they're they've managed to escape the island uh we've learned and that they're like the world just thinks that like everybody else maybe is gone or they don't know what happened to the rest of the flight they're they're basically lying about what occurred on the, the they, island they don't want anyone to know that they were at the island because they know that like they might come after them exactly like, and the media but it's almost like implied that the media there's this whole cover-up kind of almost like it's there's implied there's i feel like an implication of like uh something that they're not even like allowed to talk about the island yeah. almost sort of you know when you get with like plane crashes though like it mm -hmm. is like very um pr mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. litigious because you know we need people to fly on planes you know we can't have people being afraid to fly because of a plane crash. So it's always, you're always controlling the narrative of like a plane crash, like always kind of um, it needs to be like researched and documented officially you know, and, um, and spun everything. So a hundred percent. No, you're it's very right. appropriate. Yeah. You're totally right. It is the show. It's cynical, kind of. It's paranoid. This kind of demonstration where they show the media as being like, yeah, lying about a plane crash, uh, <laughs> which maybe happens like a decade later with the like Malaysia Airlines plane that went missing, which is weird. I feel like the show foreshadows that in a way, or that's a, a psyop based on loss. Either either way, I don't know. I feel like this whole um, cynical thing or like paranoid thing it comes up in like J.J. Abrams' show Alias. He does, I think, right around this time or, or right after it, maybe or before. I can't remember, but that's with what's her name jennifer gardner and she's like a spy and the whole show she's like going under you know cover constantly but it's essentially like the whole world is a big psyop it's like the conceit of the show like they're behind the scenes there's this intelligence agency doing all these things and they're constantly uh, going out into the world undercover doing these like psyops basically like to, to people like, intelligence actions and such and it's like totally cynical in that same way because there's something about jj abrams shows i feel like they're i don't like a friend of mine said it was a gnostic show said lost is a gnostic program yeah the the way like it had like it portrayed shadowy figures and like international intrigue you know like there was it was very weird they had like it was almost charles whittemore like this big bad guy and like these like shadowy people with like you know an envelope and veiled threat almost kind of like pulpy yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is. It absolutely. Um, it's ham-fisted. Like, uh, we learned that there's these people on the island called like, the Others, and they're just, like, out there. They've been on the island or whatever. Um, isn't the villain's name, like, it's, like, man, the man in black or whatever. It's, yeah, like, yeah. there's this, like, mysterious figure there. You start to eventually gradually learn this is, like, actually part of a, a grand 
battle of good and evil that's that's taking place. So yeah, it's it really funny. Um, and I, I was know. a big fan mm-hmm. of the Man in Black's whole story. I thought it was fine. <sighs> like mm-hmm. I know people didn't like that that episode. We're like a- across the sea. Where I like, loved that history. one. Yes, I, I loved that. that. I I wanted more of that. Like that's where the show was going. I thought we were just gonna start getting like whole like yeah, Gnostic legends of the island and shit. You know. A little bit of a deep dive on this one, but like um, the um, epilogue that they did for Lost. So is it beyond the last episode they aired? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, don't think I knew that. There's an epilogue. You should watch it. It's like it's um. There's a thing called uh, the new man in charge. The, the new man in charge. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, um, no. I just found it. I will. Uh, I will take a look. Yeah. Was this new? When did they produce this? It came out shortly after the show was over. It wasn't okay. that long. Maybe, maybe a year or two. Um, are you watching it right now? No, I, I'm not going to watch it right now. Okay, no, okay. No. <laughs> no, bookmark. Like, no, of course not. No, it, it just, like, I thought, like, a nice way to do it. Like, where it was... Because you had, like, the end of the show that was... I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm a, an absolute sucker for, like, mirror endings where, like, the the beginning of the show and the end of the show are like almost the same in the mm-hmm, sense mm-hmm. that like Jack's eyes and like the eye opening and the eye closing is like the, the way the show begins and ends. And I I'm like, it's, I'm just an absolute sucker for anything like that. They did it with game of Thrones too, where it ends with the woods, uh, but maybe 15 seconds of actual symmetry at both ends, but it's still nice. Um, but the epilogue kind of gave it like a answered a couple little questions that weren't answered, gave a nice little bit of, I don't know. I really liked it. It made me feel happy. I love that feeling of yeah symmetry. I think is the right word. Totally, there was a and there was a lot of it, it, the show rhymed a lot, right? There was a lot of just like little like um, intricacies and just little plot points or motifs that would turn up in different ways that were like absolutely like, so lost, you know. And it was like the uh, numbers. Let's yeah. talk about the numbers. Yeah, let's talk about the numbers because the, there's this whole. I guess numerology around the show, uh, loss. There's these numbers that occur in the in the show. I don't even know how they first. Are they the seat numbers of some of the passengers? I, I can't really remember how they first There's, um, are shown. They're Hurley's lottery numbers. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Of course. Of course. Um, um, yeah, that was the 
first thing that I remember was the lottery numbers because he thought they were cursed, cursed numbers. Um, and he's saying the numbers to himself. I remember like on, on the beach. Um, yeah, there's a lot of it. Like I'm not the most numeral, you know, person into that, but you know, there's a lot of like four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42, 42, 42, 42, you know, like, and, you know, that adds up to like 108, um, which, you know, um, there's a lot of like that number in the show, like, mm-hmm. the, like, you know, the 108 minutes for the, um, the hatch, um, you know, the, the buttons in the hatch and, um, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's just the names on like the wall, like they each, I don't remember now, it might've been Jack, but they had like the, the candidates at the end that all had the numbers. Right, 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 right. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. That was so was, crazy. Like, so many instances. It was like, they had it like on the, the blast door, um, the hatch door, the numbers were like on the hatch door. Um, and I remember cause like Hurley saw them and like freaked out and you, you can get into like, you know, the way, yeah, the way that they they add up into like different things, and there's um, probably have been like I'm sure many deep dives into it because there's just like volumes and volumes of like people talking about Lost on the on the internet. A lot of it was like stuff that there was two kinds. It was like while the show was coming out, people were constantly had like theories that would get blown out of the water like one episode later. Um, after the show aired and people kind of like sifting through everything and you know organizing everything there's a really cool thing i found online at one point i torrented it i downloaded it the hard drive that it was on it's since gone went gone i lost it but it was an edit of lost where it was edited chronologically so someone actually took the time and all the scenes in chronological order um and then there's parts where things are happening in multiple episodes at the same time so there'll be like split screens where they'll show like the same things happening you know in the two different episodes that were happening at the same time like like when charlie's like running through the plane to go you know do some drugs and then like he pushes by somebody and it's like in the same episode where like oh my goodness you know, like, and there's like lots, and and the plane crash itself it happens like multiple times in the TV show, um, from like different perspectives and different, you know, from on the island, from in the plane, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from in the hatch. Like, there's all these different things. So there's this one, you know, it, it gives it a completely different feel because it goes and it starts off like really, really early. So like it really makes like no sense at all unless you've seen like the whole television show. But if you're like me and you've, I've seen it a few times I've watched like it entirely through and it was cool to watch it in chronological order. And I liked the way it ended because I thought it was, um, it was very like, it almost felt like they were talking to me and like, it was like, yeah, you know, like in hindsight, like looking back at it, it was like the show's coming to an end. Not everything can go on forever. We're going to end and it's going to, it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be okay. And it's going to be pretty. That's kind of like how I, how I view the end of it. Like, it's just this nice little 
send off, I guess that would be like my question for me when I was watching the end of it, I didn't realize what was going on until, and it really, until like the last possible second, I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Realizing that he's dead and that he's in the afterlife and like, and that feeling of that must feel so wild to like, you know, be all caught up in something and then realize that you're, you've already died and like everything you're worrying about isn't, isn't real. Mm. And that like, that's gotta be like, I don't know, just really heavy. And I thought the way that they, they tackled it and they showed it. I, I thought it was really touching. I don't know. It really hit me. I really liked like how the show ended and I thought it was like a great, a lot of people were just like, oh, what the heck? You know, like they were, they were dead the whole time. And I was just like, yeah, they, they literally took 15, 20 seconds in the show to tell you that they weren't dead the whole time. Just so people wouldn't be confused about it. Cause it was a really confusing way to, it was, yeah, it was yeah. like subdued, right? It was like a subdued ending almost kind of in a way for a show that was so like, um, like, you know, action packed and bombastic. Yeah. It was very like, uh, gentle. It was quiet. Well, it was like the real ending happens before like this climatic, you know, battle. And there's this whole part that's going on, like on the Island. That's like, you know, what you're kind of there for. And then this other thing that you're the whole season kind of being like, what's going on here. I think the meat of the ending, you know, is like it, it almost like it supplants mm-hmm. like what was going on with like action. And there's like battle and good versus evil and then you're just you're caught up in this whole thing and then you go from that to actually you're you're it doesn't really matter like the whole mm-hmm. point of it all was because like these people you met were like the most important thing there was like the best part of your life was this time mm-hmm. nothing else was ever better it's so important that you're all gonna like meet each other after you die and go on to like heaven with each other like the, these people were and like the the times that you had and it's an ending it's it's like ending it's ending agnostic as a show it's like the ending doesn't even matter really because it's you're totally right it's about being like lost again <laughs> lost in the yeah. adventure it's like enjoying the, the moment but it's also about like, the peril of that too because you can get caught up in the moment in a way where you get dissolved by the details you can become destroyed by the adventure or you can like live to see another day in the island so it's kind of like about this i i think it's a really exciting lesson and so i think you know, i think you, you're completely right about the ending in the sense that there are two endings kind of to the show, I think totally that's true. And I, a lot of people did leave the show, I think, because it didn't seem like they were going to be able to resolve the things they were introducing. Uh, even early on, it seemed like they were going a little buck wild because you start having like smoke monsters and the, the hatch and like there's a lot happening. But I think a lot of people got cynical and were like, this is not going to like, this is either too much for me or they're not going to be able to like yeah. wrangle this, you know? Why is I mean, there a polar bear here? Like why, what's going on? Why is there a polar bear? But they actually do, if you did watch the show, they actually explain quite a bit. They, you have to put it together yourself. It's hard for some people. It's there, but... yeah. <laughs> The polar bear is there for a reason. And like, they drop like lots of clues, like later on, like the whole, you know, teleportation to like Tunisia and like, they like find the harness. That's like, you know, essentially like the harness didn't transport, but like the polar bear did. And 
Totally. No, totally. It's all there. And that's like another lesson I feel like for Lost and why it's like kind of relevant is that it's like the clues are there. You have to look for them and you have to remember them and like put them together yourself. I think that's a, a challenge. It's, it's not a dumbed down show really like in that sense. Like it's easy to understand, but you do have to like do processing to get to that like kind of sense of like completion or, or wholeness with it. Um, and I think that was challenging. I think frankly for a lot of people. When the show aired, I did not love the ending. I didn't really understand it. I feel like I kind of was like not quite sure that they died or that he had died or I wasn't really sure what was going on. I remember there was theories afterwards and it was like, no, they're definitely like, they didn't definitely all die or didn't all die or whatever. Also wondered maybe if like Jack somehow had some sort of like transcendent moment. Like he had some kind of like, I don't know, like transfiguration or something like that. And like now is like achieving like this status as like a an island god or whatever i don't know there is a little bit of open room for i guess interpretation which is nice also you know um wait did you yeah, did you yeah. say you enjoyed the ending at the time as much as you do now or did you feel disappointed at the time um i was surprised by it. i literally felt like um i had died or something like i felt not like that i died <laughs> but like the the feeling that like jack has where like he realizes that he, that he that he's dead and and like that whole realization of like that made me so um like just precious of life i remember just being like wow like that really makes me like appreciate what it is everything that i have now because you know eventually like that's exactly what will happen but your brain's gonna like you know you die and like your your brain does some like crazy shit that's gonna seem like a really long time wild dream stuff it's just something about like the ending and the way that it like shook jack like shook me um and i was never really a jack guy um i didn't really like jack um that much but it just something about it like it is he's the narrative part of the show like the main focus so it seemed like it was like his perspective whatever that purgatory sense is where like i i viewed it kind of as like um everybody dies at one point and then they come back place together just like they were when they were on the island because again that was like that most important part so that's like how they're gonna visualize it all and it it's very timeless because like when did we don't know like when any of these people half these people died when did uh when did Hurley die? Like, when did mm-hmm, Ben die? Like, when did all these people show up? So it's like, it made sense to kind of just plop them all in this. Like I said it's outside of time. Like, it's not mm-hmm, linear. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I like that. I like, like, when it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> so. No, and it's because it doesn't have to, because I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's capturing something that's uh, mystical kind of in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, it's like reflecting yeah. something that is not like sensible or sense making, um, but it's like, kind of alluding to like a lot of these like mysteries kind of, a, of like life. There's, there's sh- whether it's like conspiracy, shadowy foundation initiatives or like researchers behind the scenes, like it's like pointing towards like greater mysteries of just like existence of like a role and like the battle for good and evil or like even things just i think the point of lost in a lot of ways is just like there's like more than you can see you know there's like so much about this show is like the characters only have so much uh viewpoint and we as the audience 
didn't see a lot, but we still don't see the whole thing either, you know? So there's like this whole, you have to kind of put it all together and there's just something like that's true, right? That's like how the cosmos works. We, we can't see everything from our point of view. Uh, we, and we can talk and share our lost knowledge and try to get like a bigger, you know, view of it, but we still can't see you know, the whole picture alone, you know? And I feel like that's kind of like a lot of like the, why the show feels like relevant to me and why people should not let the ending discourage them. I think a lot of people don't watch Lost because they heard the ending sucks and it's like, it's it's whatever. It's It doesn't matter. It's not about the ending. Like it's yeah, it's it it really and and like I really wholly believe like you know the epilogue makes me feel better anyway. So it's I'm like, gonna check this I don't out. Care. So it's like um, yeah, I I, I can't I, I I can't disagree with you though. I think that it it really does feel. I, I feel like it, it feels relevant in the sense that and also like completely irrelevant. So it's like there's a there's a sense of it where there's so many themes in it and the things that they did that hold up really well against time. And I rate watch it's, it's almost pre woke. There's like no, um, like there's nothing woke about the show at all. Um, which is like unheard of now. It's so um, true. There's like a black guy who's the villain. That's like so great. <laughs> like, like I don't mean, do well, that anymore. Like, the, the Muslim character blows himself. Yes. Up. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, that's spicy. There was um, it, it really so had funny. like a lot of um. I I thought it yeah it really kind of captures like a different time, and I have a lot of like fondness of like that time and like the age I was and. It was so like there's a lot of of that attached to it, but it really feels doesn't feel to me like really dated yet. Um, there's some aspects of it like it's uh, there's enough technology that it it doesn't feel like really old and like the way they shot it was really mm-hmm. advanced and and pretty. Um, but I don't know, it, it doesn't feel. I haven't watched it in like a little while. Like I rewatched it with my wife um maybe five years ago or six years ago um and it was amazing me watching it after like a long time so nice yeah no and if you heard spoilers uh tonight like it doesn't matter like again you won't remember them and there's a lot that happens so like don't yeah there, and there's so much stuff we didn't even like touch on so many things it's like timeless stories right like that's why i think it holds up the stories are like they feel timeless there there's like john locke of it all there's this whole arc there's so many things that just feel like just good storytelling it, it doesn't matter like when is it, it takes place and i think you're right they shot it almost in a way that is timeless as well i feel like they uh kind of shied away from like even the technical gadgets like of, of the time you know and a lot of it takes place obviously on this island with dated technology where there is technology so it kind of like works really well uh you're right it is it's totally pretty woke yeah it's funny I think it's like the last era just before the coming of the uh of the iPhone is captured and lost in a lot of ways. Yeah, it really like it could it would be so different if they like made lost right now. Like, you know, it would be um, you know, cell phones and the all black cast. Yeah. Except for the pilot. The pilot was white, all, obviously like, still. <laughs> it'd be like black lesbians, like just, you know, everywhere. Um they yeah, lynched Jack, the white pilot. They're just like, this is the white man's fault that we're on this island. And they like killed the one man that could actually like provide for them while they're there. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, the only white people would have been the others. It would have been. <laughs> yes. The privilege. They have privilege on the island. It's unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> Historical privilege. <laughs> I mean, they kind of had so it funny. the best. Like, I wouldn't mind like the inside the perimeter of the electronic gate 
that village season three others like that's a pretty sweet setup like uh we have a book club mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're gonna um you know do some hit- experiments why they like the whole thing with people can't have kids and so like kids are like at a premium on the island because you know there's yeah no- you know, there's wow there's a lot of things actually that i forgot with the dharma initiative that i feel like there's a thing with like genetics going on there the numbers tied to like the human genome or something like that too i feel like possibly i don't yeah i there was a lot there's a lot there's something because you don't really ever get the just full disclosure you don't get the whole story for everything like you get a lot of the story you do have to fill in the blanks but you don't know entirely what some of the uh, shadowy forces ever were fully up to i guess um but i feel like yeah. there's enough clues that might be able to be put together with things uh, going on even today, who knows? talking about the dharma initiative and and the way that like they um shadowy figures you never really knew what was going on yeah but i thought that was kind of like a big plus to it because there's like i said there's so many little different parts that you never um you couldn't talk about the entire show if you wanted to there's just so much that you you can't address and that um isn't really defined anyway so it's like you don't get a lot of answers, so there's a lot of stuff you can't really spoil because you have to just read the room. Like, the way that you it disseminates information, like, you learn so much from watching, like, the Dharma Initiative videos that they have mm-hmm, where, like, mm-hmm. the scientist is talking. You're, like, just watching this, like, 30-second video, you learn so much because you're, like, oh, they have training videos. What is this? Like, why are they doing trainings? Like, what it, and they'll mention a couple things and you're like what does that mean and like what are these terms that they're talking about but like you learned i learned a lot just from like the, those little things like where you're like mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. this is much much deeper than what you initially think it's going to be about so no the lore is rich there's clearly like people said the writers didn't have the story i feel like no they clearly have a lot more of a story that they just never shared with us because you're right there's you learn a lot from those clips and the clips suggest a fully developed kind of universe that we like only get little glimpses into 
actually kind of makes me surprised they haven't rebooted it. Um, I'm sure they would make it horrible and like woke, but there's enough stuff to mine inside of Lost. It truly could go on forever or have, it's like a Star Wars type situation. You could have like spinoffs of just like the Dharma Initiative or whatever. Like you could have, uh, there's a million directions because it's such a complicated, uh, big, messy show. <laughs> I, I totally would have been like, I, I was like, you know, when I was first recovering, it, Lost was like my, it was like my favorite show. Like I loved watching it. And when it was over, I was like, all TV is like not as good as this. And there's never going to be anything as good. And I really wanted them to like, maybe like they'll bring it back when Same. You know, and it'll be like another plane crash. And I'm like, no, it, every way they could bring it back would kind of suck. Um, so I get why they won't do it, but mm-hmm. I could totally see them doing a reboot of it. Um, especially nowadays. Um, and make it somehow like, if they can somehow make it like a sequel and a reboot, maybe. But like, I don't, with like the whole, I don't know, time aspect and like the nature of reality where you could make something that like doesn't canonically make sense. Um, and it would still work, I think. But, mm-hmm. you know. It's Cloverfield and like Cloverfield 2, which I don't really remember what Cloverfield 2 was, but I do remember it was completely different from Cloverfield 1, which was, I think, another J.J. Abrams uh, creation. So there, you're, you're, you're right. I would probably not be as good, but they could even just redo Lost with like new people in the same, vaguely same circumstances. Circumstance, it would still be fascinating to watch because it's like I said, it's timeless stories. People stuck on an island that's like as it's as old as TV gets. You know, it's like one of the the great foundational myths of, of television. Are people stranded places? I think they would eventually, if they redid it, it would be like it would end up being like shorter seasons, and they would cut out a lot of the fluff. It would probably not translate as well because you really need all of that fluff. Like helps slowly build story and narratives and themes that like mean something when you're that you can't replicate with 10 episodes it's just not mm-hmm. the same it's almost like not the same medium in that sense but it, it, that makes it it is, it is a soap opera like you're describing a soap opera and i think that's what works about it is it's yeah it's rich universe like a, a soap opera like all those historic ones like you, you mentioned bold and the beautiful earlier uh like all those like old-timey ones started the, the writers would write like i don't know why i know all this but they wrote like a bible they would write like a backstory of like what happened before the show even starts right and so that was like where they're drawing all their stories from and i feel like that's very much like the case that has to be almost the case i feel like with loss and it, it it's that same degree of like creativity with and the number of characters just the sheer number of characters you're working with in a show like lost or or a you know t- daytime soap opera or whatever it uh, lends itself to kind of a type of a storytelling that is difficult i guess to kind of convey on screen a lot but like when it does work it, it really pays off you know I, I feel like i've kept you it is late on the on the east coast in your car which i love that you're recording inside of your your vehicle i feel like that's um i don't know there's something ritualistic in its own way it's like an american hopefully it's an american made car you don't have to tell me but it's like an american temple i don't know of like uh technology and like yeah, internal combustion i don't know it's cool so i'm, I'm glad yeah, you were like, broadcasting from your pirate ship it's like yeah it's very um yeah it really is it, it just makes a, a great little um space it's quiet it's you know i'm not i can be you know loud i don't have to worry about like walking in and like you know uh talking to me about something i'm very secluded quiet so 
eventually you do it too often you'll, you'll get gang stalkers and you'll start having the motorcycle drive-bys it's a whole mess so enjoy the quiet while you can is what, what i would say it's been awesome to see to be on we went on a journey to like the island we went back there was an earthquake while we recorded a lot happened but it's been a, a, a true adventure you were a great uh, co-pilot really uh, this evening so thank you um where can people find you um i'm on twitter uh Austin Topa. um my name's Dusty, um, and that's pretty much it. I don't really do much else. I'm, I don't <laughs> have anything else going on, um, but that's where I, I, I you know, spend some of my day um, for sure. Follow so. Dusty. He's a good follow. He elusive, so that's what we like to see: quality over quantity. I'm, I do quantity personally. I just like shit post my way through the day, but it's it all balances out in the wash.